X-Files fans. And this is We Want to Believe. Oh, man, sorry. I'm just like... You haven't had coffee yet. I haven't had coffee yet. That's awful. Okay, so... All right. Well, I guess... (laughs) I don't know. Are we... Are we doing... Yeah, let's do this. Hello, everyone. This is is a thing. It's our (laughs) podcast. We Want to Believe. Yes. A very professional one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We're professionals. I have an update... Awesome. Before we get into anything. Yeah, yeah. So this is coming from my friend Amy, who lives in Oregon, who I knew as a teenager, that Amy. Um, Mm -hmm. She's a listener. And she wrote in and says, maybe a helpful tip for Liz's bangs. Oh. Sometimes waxy buildup from shampoo and conditioner builds up and makes your hair look slash feel really greasy, even right after a shower. I had the same thing happen to me. I just had to shampoo with something to remove the buildup and, like magic, better. My hairstylist wanted me to use plain dish soap to do the trick. Whoa! I know it sounds crazy, but it helped. I'm not sure if this is what you have going on, but I thought I would put it out there. Good luck. Yeah. What do I have to lose? Yeah. Nothing. I'm totally going to try that. Yeah. Amy also, same day, like an hour apart, solved my problem I was trying to find... Shorts that were both comfortable and not awful looking. Mm-hmm. She solved that problem for me too. So How did thanks, she Amy. solve your shorts problem from Oregon? Well, she sent me a link for shorts from Target. Oh, okay, got it. That she yes. likes. Okay, got it. And yeah, so I bought Target. Them. If you want to sponsor our podcast, <laughs> yeah. we'll allow that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, if you want to just send us shorts, you know, <laughs> that would be fine. Yeah. Well, I tried on other pairs at Target. Oh. And I only found the one pair that Amy had okay. suggested that I like. Well, then they so. can send you more of that specific pair yeah. of shorts. It's like, remember when I had the blog and they sent me all the iced tea? Not Target, but I got all that free iced tea. Yeah. I was, I would drink this, like, it was honest tea. And I would drink an honest tea, like, a lot when I was driving home from work. I would stop at the little, right. uh, like, health food store and buy one and drink it. And then in our garage, I was putting them and I would collect the empty bottles each semester and then take oh, a picture yeah. so I could track how many I drank each semester. I thought it was interesting <laughs> data. And I was like tracking this and talking about it on my blog amongst many other things. And they contacted me and they sent me a 12 pack of my favorite uh, flavors that they knew about from the blog, oh along with like a um, canvas bag with honest tea printed on it. So. I forgot about that. That's so cool. It is. It's That's awesome. a pretty big company. I know. I mean, I think they were a little bit less big at the time because this was like 10 years ago, but okay. still. Yeah. yeah, still. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the Day We Fought Space, a wreck up with spiraling chain reactions, is now available on the App Store. This game is fantastic, and I say that both because I enjoy video games and because I am a physics professor. This game is more about reaction than rehearsal, and you use physics to your advantage and create dynamic chain explosions to take your enemies down. You can personalize your ship to best suit your playstyle and the mission at hand with zany weapons such as an orbital blade, ice laser, or wrecking ball. See if you have what it takes to reclaim the solar system in this gritty and dynamic side-scroller. Visit thedaywefoughtspace.com slash purchase to order now.
Okay, so Lazarus? Lazarus. And also we do have another story at the end of this episode, um, uh, another listener story, and it is creepy, and it is from our father and about yeah. aliens. So we'll be sharing that. So, uh, yeah. First first about Lazarus, though, I wanted to share why it was oh, right. that I thought of popsicles when I started, uh, when, when he said the name at the end of last episode. It is because of an episode of Pete and Pete that is also from 1994, uh, from later in the year. And basically there's, I, I had to look this up because I was like, wait, I think it's Pete and Pete. I'm like Lazarus. And then I thought orange Lazarus. And that was like memorable. I guess they're like, they have like a summer baseball league and they get this new manager who's like, kind of seems like he might be like a mob boss. And he's like wearing suits and sitting in the car and is really intense. And he is going to their like ice cream shop or whatever it is, or a place with, with like freezy drinks and wants this drink called the orange Lazarus. And it's like, got like a nuclear power symbol on it. And they're like, Oh, we shouldn't give that out. And, uh, also his name is Oppenheimer. So there's all sorts of like references to like stuff with, uh, you know, the bomb. Um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, Oppenheimer is the name of the person who works at the, at the drink place. Mm -hmm. And so he created the orange Lazarus long ago and it was like too good that it was dangerous. (laughs) It was too tempting, too delicious, too cold. You think you drink it. Oh no, it drinks you. (laughs) And so, um, there's all this stuff about that. And so I think this frozen orange drink is what I think of when I think of Lazarus. Wow. So all right. that is what that was about. There's a reason for it. Cool. Yeah. Forgot about Pete and Pete. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, the Pete and Pete, the actors have a podcast called The Adventures of Danny and Mike. Really? And yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and awesome. I like it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I always had such a crush on Big Pete. So I think I was age. too young. Yeah. And did not have a crush on Little Pete. Yeah, so, it's yeah. That seems reasonable. Yeah, yeah. not still, sorry, little Pete. If you listen to this, it's just yeah. you know, little kids. It's different. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> just in case they listen to our podcast, <laughs> it seems sure. Why not? Yeah, we don't want to offend little Pete. He was no. great. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and actually, another little Pete reference. He, do you remember? I don't know how well you remember the show. But Not he has a tattoo of a woman named, called Petunia on his forearm, which oh, really? is going to relate to today's episode. Yeah. Wait, he had an actual tattoo? No, 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 oh. no. The character did. The, the kid did in the show had a tattoo. Well, right. Petunia. Still. Oh. Yeah, it was, it wasn't like. Realistic? It was, it was, no, it was just like a thing that he had and it was funny. Okay. I don't remember any more details about it, except her name was Petunia and it was a woman tattooed on his arm and he was huh. like 10. Cool. Yeah, maybe it appeared there when someone else's spirit entered his body. Maybe. As happens on the X-Files episode we're discussing today. Yeah, and we just missed that episode. <laughs> we just oh. missed it? Oh, oh of Pete and Pete. Pete. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was like, no, we're talking about it right now. All right, sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Scully is in a bank, and she's helping out another agent, um, sticking out a bank robbery. And we see the robber and his accomplice in the car, um, where he tells her, you make every day like New Year's Eve. Yeah, I, I, I just real. found them like insufferable. Yes, yeah. Yeah, the, the two criminals have this like, 
Mickey and Mallory from Natural Born Killers vibe mm, of like, yeah. oh, we're star-crossed lovers and so in love and totally criminals and sociopaths. And I looked it up and this episode actually aired before Natural Born Killers ever came out. But oh. it still reminds me of that. Yeah. So I've never seen that. I haven't seen it either. Oh. It's one of those things that I think would be too intense for me. But my friends yeah. in high school really liked it, which says something about certain friends of mine in high school who liked it. I don't know. It's <laughs> the ones listening to this podcast are probably not the ones I'm talking about. Okay, um, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they show that he has a tattoo on his forearm, much yep. like little Pete. Yep. Definitely a reference. No. Yeah. <laughs> For like three months prior. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I think Pete and Pete was already a couple seasons in at that point. Oh, well then. So yeah. So Jack is the other agent. Jack Willis. And uh, while they're apprehending them, he gets shot. And then Scully shoots the robber, the guy. Yep. Whose name I can never figure out. Throughout Dupree. This, Dupree? Dupree. Oh. I can't reason, remember his first name, but it's something okay. Dupree. It just would not stick. So they're at the hospital, and Jack is being worked on. And Scully keeps telling them to give him more to keep going like she's they want to call it after 13 minutes yeah makes them you know keep going with the cpr Mm -hmm. and the um the zappy things the zappy things the adrenaline um and he lives and we see when they're zapping him the dead robber's body in the background is jumping when they zap Jack Willis, the agent. That. Yeah, it's oh. it's brief. It's because they're all looking at Jack Willis, yeah. and they're going zap. And then when they zap him, the robber's body jumps, oh. like it's being zapped. I must have been taking notes on my phone yeah. at that point. Fair enough. Yeah. It's quick. Yeah. Cool. I mean, not, but you know. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jack wakes up and he's acting creepy. He's alone, and he he's just kind of leaves. Goes down to the morgue, and Un- uninterrupted. Yeah, I gotta think that most hospitals aren't just like, oh, you want to just walk in and go in the morgue and like, you know, that's cool. Yeah, I'll just let you do that. You want to go poke around and look at the different bodies? Sure. Yeah, but yeah. he does. Yeah, and he looks at Dupree. Yep, pulls him out of the drawer. Yep, and he cuts his fingers off. In order to get to his wedding ring. And I gotta say, let's say it's me, okay? Yeah. And this happens to me. Now, I'm not a sociopath bank robber, so it is no. different. My marriage to Adam is very important to me. Sure. And I would absolutely try and go and get back to Adam if I was, like, suddenly in a new body. Yeah. Uh, what I would not do is go find my own corpse and get the ring. Because the ring? Not that important. It's mm-hmm. just a ring. I like my wedding rings and my or my wedding ring and my engagement ring quite a bit. Enough to cut off my own fingers? No. You're thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, my engagement ring was our great grandma's. Oh, so so that, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I should be like, oh, so if you happen to die before me, I'll just cut it off your fingers. Yeah, just as me. Like, no, I perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, it's your own dead body. I know that. Uh, but I think that would make it worse. You're... I think it would make it better. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. I don't know. You're like, I'm in a different body. I'm looking down. 
there's my own body and I'm just like snip, 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 getting those fingers to get the ring off. Also, I don't know, my rings fit loosely enough. I think you could probably just pull them off. Mm, I don't know. Mine don't. Yeah. I had to, I actually, if anyone, here is a listener question. This is a big mystery. So my rings got too tight after having kids and gaining some weight. And so in 2020, I had them resized. And so I went to the woman, um, she owns like a private jeweler's shop in Madison. And so she was the one who originally sized them down because originally they were too big on me. Hmm. And so I had her add in some metal to size them up. Um, mm-hmm. And they were so tight, she had to cut them off me. It was... Ah! Did yeah. she have to cut your fingers completely <laughs> off? Anyway. No, no, no just the ring. Good. Yeah. You <laughs> just failed to mention that. Yeah, what about that? And then, like, they get re... I want to say forged, but that makes it too much like Lord of the Oh! So is the question, like, would I cut the rings off? Yeah. I just don't think it would be on the top of my to-do list if I come yeah. back from the dead. I think I'd be like... I'd, yeah, I'd try to find Adam, or I would, I don't know, I'd well, talk to a doctor and be like, uh, it's Liz Holden in here? Um, <laughs> I know whole, I look like Agent Jack Willis, but... <laughs> this whole thing reminded me of the movie Soul. Have you seen oh, it? I nev- no, I never saw I don't think I've ever oh. even heard of it. Oh, it's good. It's a Disney movie. Um, Disney Pixar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't see it, but I can picture it now. Wait. There's I, what is this movie about that it, this episode reminded you of it? Well, so a guy dies and he goes uh-huh. to some sort of like intermediary afterworld and he's trying to get back to his body. And somewhere along the way, he ends up switching with a cat. And so like the cat ends up ah. in the afterlife and he ends up in the cat's body. And so it's like this um, this little girl voiced by Tina Fey, um, like uh-huh. a pre-soul who hasn't been to Earth yet, is in his body, and he's in the cat's body. Okay, got it. So Yeah. So yeah. it is sort of like that with less violence. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Much. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, what was I... I know it was super uh, he... topic. Oh, my rings. I need listener yes. feedback. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Amy... She used to work <laughs> at Tiffany's for a while. So perhaps here we go. the day again. Yeah. So I got them sized up. So they added in mm-hmm. more metal. And when I tried to pay her, she acted really nice about it and was like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, it was like a tiny amount. It would, you know, like I was using just some leftover white gold. It's fine. But whenever I go swimming, whenever my rings are exposed to chlorine, that small section of both of them turns black. What? Yes. And I cannot figure out what metal that would be, but my guess is not white gold. Me too. Yeah. Oh my God. Ooh, that seems like chemistry. Wolf, our uh, resident chemist listener, or Josh, you got anything? Yeah, and it comes back so like right now i have so it turns back to the yeah regular right now, color yeah it's like a mood ring for swimming <laughs> it's like um the girl in mean girls uh yeah. being able to tell if it's raining there's a 90 percent chance yeah. i'm swimming yeah. <laughs> anyway so then we see Mulder and scully in the morgue yes and they're like he's missing three fingers three three helen that's a lot of fingers yeah yeah, but like, 
All right. I guess I we should, I should yeah. let it go. We'll I'm sorry. On. Yeah. Um, um, and Jack had apparently been chasing this guy for a long time. So they're kind of talking about that. They mentioned they're still looking for the woman. They know that he had an accomplice and they're still looking for her. Lulu Phillips. Uh, yep. And Lula. Lula. Oh, yes. Lula. Lula. I was thinking of Lulu, the the dog. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I She's not a bank robber. He's yeah. At some robber. point in my notes, her name changes from Lula to Lulu. Oh. I, don't, I see that now. <laughs> no, it's like Lula Roe. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Not Lululemon. Yes. <laughs> so Mulder notices that the dead robber's wedding ring is missing. It was on one of those fingers. Mm-hmm. So we see Jack break into a house looking for Lula, who's the woman. Zach wants to know where he got that weird-ass sweater jacket. That was his one comment of the episode. Oh, I know where. We really see him in the hospital. He's, like, in a gown, and he's like, I'm just going to get out of bed. And he creeps into another patient's room and steals his clothes. Oh, I did not get that. Yeah, and they also show him, like, ready to kill the other patient real quick. If he comes out, he's, like, got a little rope, and he's like, I'm ready to strangle. And then he's, I don't know, he must have been really (laughs) typing away. And then it's like, nothing comes to it. So he's like, oh, I guess I don't have to strangle you. And he goes down to the morgue. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, Question answered, Zach. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he's, as he's walking around the house, he notices that his tattoo on his forearm is starting to reappear. Um, which I love the implications of. I steal someone else's body and then all my tattoos reappear. Ooh, like, yeah. That oh is boy. cool. Yeah. yeah. Actually, tomorrow I have a consult for a new tattoo. Ooh, oh, that's exciting. It is. So Mulder then sco- shows Scully Jack's EKG um, from after right. he was revived. Right. And talks about how he flatlined for 14 minutes. That made me think of the movie Flatliners. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, the... The Real commercials intense. for Flatliners scared me so much when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, just the commercials. Ooh. I used um, to watch it a lot because of Elijah Wood. But. What? He was Did they? Movie. What? Did they remake it? No. Are you was sure? Elijah Wood and Flatliners? Flatliners okay. is from, like, 1990. Pause. Okay. So, they did remake it. Not okay. with Elijah Wood. Um, Elliot oh. Page was in it, which I don't remember. That was in 2017. Oh. But I used to watch the 1991, and I must just be confusing it with another movie as well. Because, no, Elijah Wood was not in that. Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin yeah. Bacon, Julia Roberts. Yeah. yeah. William Baldwin. Anyway. Apologies. The Mr. Elijah. Baldwin's. Yes. Okay. So the EKG looks like there are two heartbeats. I'm not going to get into the science of how that's wrong. That seems unnecessary. I mean, when we have tattoos reappearing on bodies <laughs> yeah. when you're possessed, the implication that the man has suddenly magically two hearts, yeah, <laughs> we'll just let it go. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. I really enjoyed that. It sounded like a quote from a movie poster when Mulder's like, two men died, one man came back. The question is, which one? <laughs> <laughs> I could just see it written on a movie poster. Yeah. Um, And he talks about how for a period of time, both of them were dead. Right. Um, And they start, they go to some like, I don't know, random dude in a doctor (laughs) jacket to talk about near-death experiences. It says it's the U of Maryland Department of Biology. And I just felt like, here we go. We like 
we went to some sort of local university to talk to a bananas anthropology professor. And now we go to a random university to talk to a bananas biology professor. I feel like I cannot get a break in the representation of my profession. (laughs) You can't, but if it makes you feel any better, we got that episode with the particle accelerator coming up and I have a feeling it's going to be rough. Oh, that's true. I do know there's an episode later on with an archeologist. Um, and they're like in the mountains and, carrying it on and they're like way cooler than both these guys so that'll redeem me slightly unless they turn out to be that type that you hate where they're like stealing artifacts i don't remember i don't believe they are okay yeah is this the one where they're like drinking some you know what we'll 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 get get there there. okay yeah so anyway yeah they're talking to some dude in a white coat because you know everyone wears a white coat if you're a phd (laughs) in the sciences at all right (laughs) And he claims that half of people who have near-death experiences can no longer wear watches. Well, I did some research. Did you? I was the Helen of this episode. I looked up peer-reviewed journal articles. And, okay, so here's the thing. I was like, this is from a peer-reviewed scholarly journal. Awesome. And then I was like, oh, the journal is the Journal of Near-Death Studies. Uh So I was like, "Eh." but I mean, it's... What's the impact factor? I don't know what that means. Oh. <laughs> so that, you're my stats person. That's the thing. I was looking at these numbers and I never got deep into stats and I don't, well, here's any stats thing. I learned, I don't remember. Um, okay. Yeah. Let me find it. It's this article called Electromagnetic Phenomena Reported by Near-Death Experiences. Okay. Okay. So first of all, I cannot find... Um, it is reported as not having an impact factor, this journal. So that's something to keep in mind. That sounds bad. Yes. That's bad, yeah. yeah. Um, this is electromagnetic phenomena reported by near-death experiencers Grayson et al. And from I'm what I got, to yeah, from what I got out of it is, however it is they did their study, it looks like 42% of their... Okay, so what they did is they had 216 people who report near-death experiences, mm-hmm. 54 people who came close to death but did not report that experience, and then 150 people who've never been near death at all. And they like asked them all different questions about electromagnetic phenomenon, and the people who had near-death experiences, 42% of them report problems wearing wristwatches. And they have like a list of different types of problems, like they stop often, or they break, or they always display the wrong time. And then um, it was closer to like not even 20% for the other two categories of people. And then there was stats that I don't understand. Okay. Well, first of all, so this was published in 2015, which is a lot more recent than I would have expected. Right? Yeah. Which is interesting. The editor of this journal is named Janet Holden, by the way. Oh. Yeah. I just keep thinking about how I would 100% be the eight, the 18% or 19% who did not have a near-death experience but cannot wear a wristwatch. <laughs> like, I just, they always break for me. Like Interesting. That seems like, oh. I don't know. I'm always having wristwatch problems. I don't think it's anything nefarious. I wonder, though. I feel like... I think it's that I don't make enough money to buy good watches. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like nowadays it must be harder and harder to find people. I guess Adam still wears a watch. People, Does I he? guess, wear watches. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like I guess, the look of a good watch. Nowadays, I guess people wear like smart watches and mm, stuff. So yeah. maybe that would, I feel like, have even more issues if that yeah. was a thing. I don't know. So I just wanted yeah, I mean, to share so, that. So this is statistically significant and it has a decent effect size. I'm, I'm going to, you know what, I'm, I'm not able to do my best work on the fly. So I'm going to take some time to read the whole article and we'll yeah, have an do. update about that next episode. Do that. Yeah, because yeah. I thought it was kind of like, you know, interesting. That now, I also think it's really possible that like, if you are someone who's had a near-death experience and you're aware of this phenomenon, maybe you pay more attention to it. Ah, and, like, and that is what we call did break. recall bias. Ah. Yes. Yep. Learning. All right. Um, so half of people's watches break. That may or may not be true. Yeah. And he does say, which I thought was just delightful, that as any biologist will tell you, when cells die and genetic materials begin to unfold, a tremendous amount of energy is released. I had a note. Ask Helen. Would any <laughs> yeah. biologist tell you this? I did not have a note because I'll tell you. <laughs> That is not something any biologist will tell you. But I was like, that is like, yeah, that's just bullshit. Is it? Yeah. I was like, yeah. are they mixing it up with like splitting the atom? Like, <laughs> Maybe. Because when that happens, there is a tremendous amount of energy released. I mean, no, like it takes energy to unravel genetic material. In other like words, it, you have to put energy in yeah, in order yeah. to do that. There's no energy coming out from that. That makes sense. Yeah. We also find out here that Scully and Jack dated for almost a year. Yeah. And he was her instructor in the academy. Which is so sketchy. And they don't so talk sketchy. about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that they have the same birthday. Which... Is like a throwaway line that I think gets used really well later in the episode. It does. So then we see Jack break in somewhere and he pulls a gun on some guy who's laying around in bed. And this is apparently Lula's brother, Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. I like Tommy's jeans. I don't know that. They're like, oh, yeah. They kind of reminded me of that pair that I got somewhat recently where they're yeah. like kind of baggy with the rips in the knees, just like a certain sort of fit, but they were a lighter wash. And I was like, I would wear those. Well, hey, 90s jeans, they're back in style. I walked by a kid today on their way to the bus stop, like a junior high age kid, where I was like, this just looks like some kid I could have gone to school with. Wow. Big, wide leg jeans. Oh, no. With rips and like an oversized t-shirt. I was just like, it's wow. back, man. I mean, I kind of love it. I don't know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's really comfy. It's not, though. It is, though. Hmm. It is. Well, okay, not the like gigantic, sorry, Matt, but Matt Williams jeans, not yeah. like that, but like, not like those sorts of legs, but just like oh. non-skinny jeans. Ah. It's awesome because like, they don't get sucked down by your thighs. They just stay up. Interesting. I'll, yeah. have, to, I'll have to do some more shopping perhaps. Yeah. I mean, like I've just been buying like the ugliest fucking jeans and it's been awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, sorry. Jack says that Tommy, the brother, sold them out to the FBI, and Jack shoots him. He also messes with Tommy's TV briefly, because they show on Tommy's TV that, like, Lula's on the news and the FBI is looking for her. Right. That's right. So then Mulder and Scully are at the crime scene, and Jack shows up. Yeah. And he's, he recognizes that Scully's the one that shot him, and she's yeah. like, oh, this is Agent Willis. Let him into the scene, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and Jack asks if Tommy was killed with a forty-five, and she says yes. And he says, oh, well, that was Lula's weapon of choice, implying that she's responsible. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clever, I thought. It of is. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mulder finds a partial print on the TV, and Jack seems pretty unhappy about that. Yes. We see Jack then at the shooting range, and Mulder comes up to talk to him. I guess one thing we've left out, but maybe just doesn't even need to be said, is that Mulder is all for this body switching idea. Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking, I don't know that we super clearly said that, but yeah, ever since the wedding ring was missing, Mulder was like, hmm, I bet it's actually Dupree, the robber. Yeah. And that um, apparently Dupree was left-handed and Jack was right-handed and it looks like it was cut. um, The fingers were cut left-handedly. Somebody using, yes. Yes. Left-handedly. And so, and, and Scully, I also feel like she is totally justified in her view this time of being like, well, it's probably PTSD and like trauma from being shot. And like, I feel like that's all within the realm of possibility too, to explain his weird behavior. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true. I was yeah. like, Scully, why are you being so skeptical? But I mean, okay, that was after the next scene. After the oh. next scene, I was like, mm. yes. But I mean, yeah. Mm. All right. So the next scene is Mulder is with Jack at the gun range while Jack is getting recertified. And Mulder's like, oh, hey, by the way, it's Agent Scully's birthday. Sign the card. And Jack Mm. signs it with his left hand. And of course, Mulder gives Scully the birthday card. And she's like, my birthday's not for two months. And he's like, Jack didn't know that, you know? And so it's like, you and Jack have the same birthday. And so Jack definitely knows your birthday. And he just didn't know it. Maybe it's not Jack. Yeah. I felt rather convinced by that. Same. Yeah. I mean, if I were Scully, yeah. I would maybe be like, hmm. At least something weird. Yeah. I mean, I think that if I were Scully as of before the start of the episode or before the start of the season, then mm-hmm. maybe I would still maintain my skepticism. But again, given all she's seen at this point, yeah. I feel like she should be like, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she did say something about how, like, well, when I was studying for medical boards, I couldn't remember my own birthday. And mm. it made me think, we do have a good friend, Amanda, who has oh, yeah, that's her right. birthday. So. I, was it, I think it was, I don't, I think it was Michelle, her sister's birthday, that they all... Um, what was it? They all went out to the movies and, like, later in the day were like, is it Michelle's birthday today? <laughs> so, <laughs> which I just love. Yeah, that's, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He also, though, shows Scully that the print was stolen. Right. The yes. print that he found on the TV. Um, and apparently Jack signed his name differently on the birthday card compared to the old files. Yeah. So Jack thinks that he knows where Lula is. He gets a call. Like somebody call. reports having seen Lula. Yes. And so him and Scully go to the apartment together. They have like I felt was a really unnecessary scene where they talked to Mr. Moltrovich, the yeah. landlord who called it in. And I just felt like, why do I know this man's name? Why did we see any of this? I couldn't figure that out. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see Mr. Moltrovich, some dude. I don't know. Yeah. The landlord. Yeah. Um, they see her walking in the hallway with laundry and they chase her into the basement. Um, her and Scully get into a fight and Scully gets her and cuffs her. Yep. And so then Jack comes up and he picks up the gun, but then tosses handcuffs to Scully. And she's like, oh, no, I already cuffed her. And he says, no, they're for you. Dun, dun, dun. And so he forces her to put on the cuffs. 
Um, and so him and Lula start talking, and he explains what happened and is trying to convince her that it's him. And we see this going on for what seems like a really long time. I was like, yeah, I just, again, to mention how insufferable I find this couple. Yeah. What did we do after we got married? Yeah. They went down to the water, cut their palms, and bled into the ocean so that they could be married in any ocean in the world. Which is, like, not only stupid, but also doesn't make sense. I know. I was like, it's not like if you bleed in something, you're married in it. Like, that's not... (laughs) <laughs> how this works and it just made me think I know you didn't haven't watched as much Brooklyn Nine-Nine as me but there's a character named Scully very oh. different than Dana Scully it's a it's a guy Scully and Hitchcock are like these two detectives who are like really terrible and kind of idiots and they're best friends and they make some agreement I don't remember why and they're like should we do a blood pact and Hitchcock is the other detective and he looks at his palm and goes oh I'm already bleeding and just has like this <laughs> random cut on his hand and so uh it just reminded me of that. So. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, they're awful. Yeah. Yeah, I hate I hate Lula and Dupree. Um, yeah. And so uh, Scully's, like, trying, though, to connect with Willis, which I thought mm-hmm. was, like, the smart approach, I think, if you're Scully yeah. in that case. And it starts to seem like Willis is in there. Like, she's talking about right. this trip up in the winter to a cabin they went to mm-hmm. in the Pine Barrens, which all of a sudden rang a bell. And I was like, Pine Barrens? Is that in another X-Files episode? Is it? I didn't look it up, but there's something oh. about that. I meant to. There's something about Pine Barrens that makes me feel X-Files-y, hmm. not just from this episode. I don't know. Anyhow. He apparently taught her how to ice fish, which seems like a very non-Scully-like activity. I thought that was weird. I mean, I guess that's why they had she had to be taught. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I feel like, oh, you know what else she taught you? Or he taught you? At the academy. <laughs> like, <laughs> your classes. You know what I think I'm thinking of? It's not Pine Barrens. Um, although apparently they mention it in an episode of Jersey Devil. They're, oh, no. Uh, the Pine Bluff variant is oh, an episode. Wow. A really yes. intense episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Speaking of cutting off fingers and such. I don't remember I think, that. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Dupree is mad that Scully let him die at the expense of Jack, that they didn't try harder to save Dupree's body. Yeah. And that's when Scully notices that he's been drinking soda, Yep, if you will. And uh, Scully tells them that Jack was diabetic and this is, you know, going to be bad. Yeah. So So, like Mulder is like investigating and they find out that like a convenience store was or or pharmacy was robbed for a bunch of diabetic supplies, insulin and such. Yeah. And it's in the area where they think he might be. And so Mulder's like, this could be where Scully is. Right. You know, she's been abducted and they realize, you know, Lula and Willis, they don't, you know, they don't know exactly the situation, but they know Scully's abducted. Right. Oh, right. Cause he calls, doesn't he? Willis calls Mulder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, Makes it clear that Scully's she's there. Held for ransom. She's alive, yeah. but yeah. yeah, Scully is trying to help him take the insulin, but Lula makes her put it down at gunpoint and says that it wasn't her brother who set him up; it was her. Dun dun dun! Which I was totally surprised by. I was I too. Didn't, I didn't see that twist coming. No, I nice. didn't either. Yeah. yeah. So Lula calls Mulder and says she wants a million dollars. 
For Scully. One million dollars. Yeah. Um, And then they show Mulder, like, analyzing the phone call with an audio engineer. And I just want to say, like, this is what I picture Zach doing. (laughs) Like, Zach, is this how it is? It's, like, all these different knobs. And it's, uh, you know... I also, he, the audio engineer says at one point, like, I'll apply the Z14 filter. And I Googled that to see if it's a real thing. I didn't look very hard. It seems to be a filter for cameras, not for hmm. sound. Um, probably it's made up. Maybe it's also a filter for sound. I'm not an audio engineer. Yeah, but it had have an update. It reminded me of the trope of, like, zoom in, zoom in, and it yeah. becomes really clear. It was, like, the audio version of that. Because yeah. they're able, in the conversation Lula has with Mulder, they're able to hear in the background the engine of a small plane. Right. And that it's taking off. And so that helps them pinpoint where they could be. And we're going to pause for a little bit of math. Because Ooh. now it's my time. You know, I was, I was thinking that there was probably math involved. Because Mulder says... As he's talking to the like team of yeah. um, officials who are going to go and look um, on this case, he says, if you'll remember from your ninth grade math, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, I'm ready for this. <laughs> so he, he says, like, here's where this airport is, and, like, here's the flight path, and he draws this, like, triangle on a map of Baltimore. And he's like, and you'll remember from ninth grade math, this should have an area of about three square miles. And I was like, I thought about, okay, I know the formula for the area of a triangle. I guess I could verify this. It seems like watching it he just drew a triangle and told us that you'd have to actually know the distances involved and i could have estimated that but i didn't care to yeah the next part he says is three square miles that's roughly about a thousand houses uh we have a hundred officers who can check about 30 houses per man per hour ah and then he estimates how long this will take and i thought oh okay maybe i'll check this this seems like it would be a good math problem Okay, you have a thousand houses. You have one hundred officers. How many houses per officer? Ten. Correct. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> so each scary. officer, each officer must check ten houses, roughly. Uh-huh. Right. And they can check thirty houses per man per hour. So about how long should this take? If they could do thirty in an hour, and they only need to do ten. Quarter, uh, one third of an hour? Yeah, 20 minutes, third of an yeah. hour, right? Okay. Right. Um, and they're all going simultaneously, so the whole thing should take about 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mulder says, about 1,000 houses, 30 houses per man per hour, 100 officers, so we should t- it should take about three hours. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess three hours. And then I was like, wait, no, that would, that would be almost 10,000 houses. So... Um, <laughs> That bothered me, and I wanted to point it out. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That was a little scary. I'm not used to having to do math on the fly. (laughs) (laughs) While being recorded, no less. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's not actually difficult math. Right. Like, I realize they're not mathematicians. They're X-Files episode writers. But still, someone somewhere should have been like, wait, wait. (laughs) Anyway... Um, One of their ninth graders, at least, yeah, yeah. able to figure yeah, that out. <laughs> definitely. So they so, go to look. Yeah, they go to look. And uh, we see 
the house or wherever they are again. And uh, Scully is talking to Jack about that weekend. And he's kind of starting to remember some stuff and saying, oh, was it the weekend after Thanksgiving? And he, like, remembers there was a wood stove there Mm -hmm. on the trip. Um, And then he seems to kind of pass out or die. And there's a knock at the door, and it's supposedly a minister, but it's actually an FBI agent that tells the other agents that, yes, Lula answered the door. She's there. One of those people checking the houses. So then Lula goes into where Jack and Scully are, and Jack was pretending to be dead, and he grabs Lula's gun when she gets close enough and shoots her as the agents burst in. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Dupree ends up dying, too. Yeah, right. Or, because, or Jack, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he dies. He is actually dead this time, too. And we see his tattoo fade out as that's happening. Which, again, I like the implications, like, do tattoos follow you to heaven? That's kind of cool. <laughs> And then we see Scully packing up Jack's things, and Mulder brought her his watch, which said, happy 35th birthday, love D, on the back. And she notices that his watch stopped at the exact time he went to cardiac arrest at the hospital. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, I don't know. I felt like that was like, at that point, wasn't everything you just saw far weirder, Scully? But, I mean, I guess. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll... Hopefully have watch updates. I'll have watch updates. Okay, excellent. Yes. Yeah. Bring us watch updates. Yes. Um, and next is Young at Heart, which is familiar, but I can't remember. Yeah, I... I We've already talked about this on this podcast, but I just keep picturing the movie Cocoon, which oh. is <laughs> not what this is. Um, yeah, well, I looked we'll very briefly at the summary, and it said something about, like, a guy who's in jail who's already dead is trying to get Mulder, which sounds like a combination <laughs> of the episode. possibly, but also specifically like a combination of this episode and Beyond the Sea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll cool. see. We'll see. All right. Do you want to tell us our uh, oh, yes. listener story? Which and it's a shame I couldn't just record it directly because he told it very nicely. I'm it was sure. The sum- it was the summer of 1966. Ah, Okay. And uh, this would have been 10 for context. And uh, there, this is in Pennsylvania, outside, like nearish to Pittsburgh. And uh, they can see, they're standing in their backyard, him and his family, and they can see it's nighttime on this hill, kind of in the distance, they can see about one or 2,000 feet up, not super high, Mm -hmm. are lights hovering there that have never Mm. been there before. And then they start kind of like moving erratically and then they'll just hover in place over that site. Um, Our Aunt Sally took a picture of it, but the picture did not come out. Hmm. And they were all just kind of watching it. My dad- Our Aunt Sally, this is our dad's aunt. So she would have been an adult. adult Yeah. Yeah. And um, my dad later found out that this was over Nike sites. He said, do you know what Nike sites are? And I said, no. no. I guess that during the Cold War, there were like little ballistic missile sites all over the U.S. so that if there was an attack, they'd oh, be uh-huh. like in place to shoot stuff down. Okay. And so there was one of those hmm. kind of in that area um, over that, that hill. Hmm. And so our grandpa and great grandpa, so my dad's dad and my dad's grandpa, jumped in the car to take off after it, but then it disappeared. Hmm. And there were tons of sightings 
in this area of the country in the late 60s. Oh, really? So this was, he didn't know it at the time, but yeah, if he said, if you look it up, hmm. 66, 67, in that time, you look in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of UFO sightings in this, like, like patch. Yeah, oh, so. Man, I just got rid of my my newspaperarchives.com subscription. Oh, come on. I just got rid of it. Come on. God damn it. <laughs> um, anyway. So... Uh, he didn't mention this today, but this is what I remembered, is that apparently they didn't really talk about this. And until years later, uh, I no longer recall what the situation was, but our dad and our uncle Chuck, uh, his brother, were driving somewhere cross country when out of nowhere, one of them went, you ever think about how we never talk about the UFO? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, huh, that's weird. <laughs> kept driving. <laughs> that's the most Holden response to anything. <laughs> I think they thought it was almost mystical, or my dad did. Like, like, yeah, this happened, and we just don't speak about it. It's kind oh, of like see, weird. to me, it was like, well, we, you know, that's what we do. Yeah, just not talking about anything. Yeah, so yeah, like, fair. That tracks. Yeah. Um, so then I asked him who should play you if Mulder and oh, Skillman yeah. were to investigate this, and so he he took the question clearly as like who should play him if it were getting investigated today. Oh, um, okay. And so he said, well, obviously, I should choose an actor that looks the most like me. So I would choose George Clooney. And, <laughs> and then he said, or maybe Frank Zappa. Um, <laughs> but then he answered the question seriously. And he said, I think that Michael Keaton would be a good choice. And I think he's right. Yes, I have always thought that Mike, well, I've always thought Michael Keaton looks like our Uncle Chuck, his younger brother. Oh, I can brother. see that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. just feel like our dad and Michael Keaton totally. have like a similar vibe. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. 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 Cool. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. I have more questions. Yeah. I know. No one has answers. I mean, he would have been the only person there who's still alive who would have been older is our Aunt Linda, who only would have been one year older than her dad. Yeah. Well, um, no, Grandma could have been there. Oh, right. Yeah, somehow, I don't know, Grandma never got... I don't picture Grandma story. in this scene. Yeah, it's yeah. all of the other, like, not her part of the family or whatever. They seem more, less yeah. UFO-y. I don't know what I yeah. mean by that, but it feels true. The O'Donnells are less more UFO-y. More Irish. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, they don't have UFOs in Ireland. I don't know. Don't, yeah. I don't think that, well... I We're do both going have... to Ireland this year. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. Well, look, I'll, yeah. take, a, I'll take a look. Yeah. I do think that, like, crop circles were a thing in England first, yeah. actually, so... Yeah. But well, that's not Ireland. Well, the English... They have crop circles? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like you could kind of say that confidently about anything, and it'll just sound right. Like, well, you know. And it's like, oh, yes, yes. even though it means nothing. Yeah. Not that you meant it that way, but I'm, I meant could. it more like, well, you know, those English were their colonial ways, keeping down the Irish and Scottish, and... Uh, keeping them from having aliens? No, more like... Maybe the aliens are involved oh, in Britain's power. Yes. Okay. I'm really glad that we elaborated on this because yeah. I think we've uncovered a possible conspiracy. <laughs> um, I think so too. This is the sort of alien conspiracy that I'm in favor of. Yeah. Not did aliens build the pyramids, but did aliens help the English be yeah. real dicks throughout history? Yeah. Yes. That I can get behind. Yeah. And in fact, there's I will... a Doctor Who episode. I believe we're like high ups in the British government are these like lizard people, which mm-hmm. is why whenever like people talk about the conspiracy theories, you know, like them, mm-hmm. 
people, some people believe lizard people actually are in charge. You know? And, like, when you look at those stories, they're all, like, really anti-Semitic. Yes, they are. Yeah. yeah. No, it's terrible. Like, Don't that's... you hate how there's, like, X-Files fun conspiracies, and then you get, like, actual terrible people believing horrible things, and you're like, no, I just want to have fun and believe something insane. And then it's yeah. like, no, I'm going to believe actual terrible things like, you know, Beyonce sacrifices children or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just, whenever that gets brought up, I think of that Doctor Who episode. Ah, And I feel like you guys just, like, someone somewhere was, like, relaying a Doctor Who episode (laughs) in front of someone dumb. And it, like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll send in your stories. Yes. Um, Next up is Young at Heart. And, uh, yeah. Coming up soon, um, we don't know, I don't know. Well, actually, the sound quality should still be okay. Um, We're going to be starting to record episodes while I am abroad in a variety of different cities. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll have some slightly spooky stories myself while I travel. you'll just magically have a German accent in the recording. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it doesn't sound like what I'm talking, but when we play it back, suddenly I have an accent of whatever country I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and if it does happen, it's not because I faked it, because I cannot fake a, a different accent to save my life. I was thinking yeah. about this yesterday. I just, if someone put a gun to my head and said, do an Irish accent, I'd be like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, if you see any pictures that look remarkably like you in a hotel, of course, you need Absolutely. to leave. Well, no, you said I don't need to leave because I haven't already gotten any threatening letters. True. So it should be okay. I'll stay and investigate. We're actually going on quite a few ghost tours and like creepy haunted tours and things like that when we're in the UK. So yeah, um, hopefully you will have some good stories. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I should. Cool. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, do all the stuff you're supposed to do, everyone. Review us. All that stuff. Please. We appreciate it. Subscribe. Right. Subscribe. Yeah. Tell people to listen to us. (laughs) 